Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. It's about energy in Europe. Now, maybe you've heard, but maybe you don't know. Russia is a big supplier of energy. <gasps> what? Europe, right? What? How does this yeah. work exactly? Yeah, like, so there's like a pipeline, lines, that sort of thing. There's a pipeline, okay. and it's like I don't know if it's natural gas or oil or whatever it is they, they send over there. But there's there's something, some sort of thing that Russia is sending there for energy in uh, countries like Germany and Germany is a big one. Turkey, yeah. other European countries are are and China. Let's not, forget, let's not forget there are buddies. Well, China's China. not on the outs with Russia, so China's fine. Or, or India, yeah, India's fine. Uh, Europe, however, of course, has been backing the uh, the Ukrainian side of the whole Russian-Ukraine conflict. All the while still purchasing their oil from Russia, from their supposed enemies, which is just, it boggles the mind that uh, you would basically bite the hand that's feeding you. But they are. They are. And so Putin has decided that maybe he's going to be cutting supply lines. And I don't know if he's decided, I have not paid close attention to how much he has cut or when that cut is expected to happen, maybe it has already been cut. Turkey's right. getting a reduction, if I'm understanding yeah. correctly. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's been cut off completely. Well, if we've learned anything from the economic situation in the United States, is that they don't actually have to cut anything; they just have to talk about cutting. According to a report over at Reason.com, third world countries also do not have hot water. Just want to point that out to the people of Germany mm. and Spain and all of these other places in Europe. Now, in the midst of a uh, one of the hottest summers in recent memory, Spain has now banned air conditioners that are set below 80 degrees Fahrenheit in public spaces, including offices, transportation hubs, shops, bars, and restaurants. Similar mandates are trickling out across Europe as part of a voluntary agreement between countries in the European Union to reduce dependency on energy imports from Russia and mitigate the chance of shortages this winter. Does that, and that probably means manufacturers are going to have to, what, uh, prevent their units from going no, down below that low? I don't know if they're going to go that far with this. I think it's just, hey. I think in if, the long run. Yeah. I, I think they're just going to require this people year. To, to snitch. Basically, I mean, that's the question. How is this going to be enforced? How are the how's how's big daddy government going to find out that uh, Espanol over there is uh, uh, running 75 degrees? Yeah, I mean, it's also important to keep in mind that 80 degrees isn't necessarily intolerable, depending on where you're at, depending on the shade around and depending on the humidity. I mean, if it's 95 degrees out, then 80 is going to feel pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, 80 degrees and 70% humidity is going to be very different from 80, 80 degrees and 20% humidity. Well, the solution is already here. Nuclear energy is already here. It's already viable. But it's restricted. The yeah. government regulates that Well, thanks highly. to the government, yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it shouldn't, but it does. And, right. I mean, plus you got all the leftists out there who are just terrified of nuclear energy. As soon as you mention, they start oh, figuring yeah. out, oh, no, we just need more windmills or whatever. Because, <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to die of windmill cancer, right? Is that a thing? No. Okay. <laughs> Conan knows what I'm talking about. What but are no, you talking about? Uh, that was tr- Trump's. But the radiation, <laughs> but the windmill radiation does affect the birds, Aria. There Donald are birds Tr- just, they're there, just yeah. dropping out of yeah. the sky because of the radiation. Yeah. Donald Trump gave some speech where he was talking about the dead birds around windmills, mm. and it's like if you love the environment, don't go up to windmill because then you get windmill cancer and stuff. Is I mean, it was just <laughs> Donald Trump rambling that you'd expect. Right? As I understand it, it's very expensive to actually put those windmills up and to get rid of them when they're done. Yeah, and so it's basically not even worth doing just do nuclear and they just yeah. and if you live near one you be prepared to go crazy just because of what because it'll 
and I mean the whole ground shaking if you're close wow. enough. These are these are That's some crazy crazy uh, pieces well, of equipment, huge. and they're huge. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you drive, you see them at a distance, you're like, wow, that must be pretty large. But as you get closer and closer, you realize just how yeah, they're big. magnificent and, these things are, and the shadows that they cause. If you've ever had a problem with a fluorescent bulb that's going out, mm-hmm. flickering, yeah, yeah, yeah. These these windmills create the same kind of strobe effect, and it could really mess with your head if you're not if you you know if you're not prepared. Jesus the Cynic says, Three Mile Island was here in the U.S. Y'all are oh, too young right. to remember that. It was. Yeah, he, he's right. I just, that one has slipped my mind. But again, the technology has advanced since that time. And yet the U.S. government will not allow any. As I understand it, the rule is they just won't allow new nuclears. To be and we're broke. Just like they won't allow and everyone, and everyone's cars. broke. Do we even have the money to start up brand spanking new? Well, they throw millions of dollars into stupid government buildings all over the place. So, I mean, there's certainly plenty of money around. Dude, we talked last this, night. Yeah, right now, today. But, I mean, these projects, if, if we were to convince our lawmakers to give us the go-ahead, give our states the go-ahead, this is wouldn't it be? This wouldn't even start for the next... In, you know, a couple of years. Yeah. Well, but we don't need them. I mean, look, private companies will put the money in if, if it were actually free. Elon we Musk? Free, I don't know who would do it, but well, if, someone if he, who actually it, cares about the free market. Has, he ever, spo- has he ever spoken out about nuclear? I have no idea. If he hasn't, because he's... Because he's part of the he's part of the plot. Probably true. Oh, absolutely. But I'm just did. saying, if New Hampshire, like, let's say, when New Hampshire secedes and we can have nuclear power, because then we would we wouldn't be under the U.S. government's restrictions anymore. Uh, and presuming that the liberals would have already left by that time, uh, so they wouldn't be enough to stop it from happening, then we may see all kinds of investment into that I by hope. people that want to make a profit. And and you know even if it's not putting a little device in your basement for total independence, even if it's just neighborhoods get their own uh, nuclear generating, that's still much more decentralized than what we have today. Both the U.S. and the European governments, or the EU, turned on those printing presses during the whole COVID thing, and they just went crazy with trillions of dollars and trillions of euros worth of money printing. I mean, what are people going to realize that the problem here, there's a common denominator here. With all of these problems, with the Ukrainian-Russia crisis, the energy crisis, the supply shortages, the inflation, all of these things have a single common denominator as a problem. Government, yes. Get rid of that. Are you? When these... it's absolutely insane that we're like, what? Everyone's going to starve this winter, and they're not going to be able to. Have... Well, why the hell not? How can it possibly be the year twenty twenty two, and you're talking about people starving and having to live in eighty degrees during the summer? There's no excuse for it. Are you? When you have these kids going in school, their first, even kindergarten, first grade, and the and the topic on the board of the days. Today's topic is uh, why we need government. I know, dude, but I grew up with that nonsense, and eventually I was like, wait a minute, none of this crap makes sense. You're not everybody. But yeah, didn't we have a lady call in and actually say she saw that? Yes. Yeah. Last Last week. Last week. Why we need government right, in and then, second and then, grade. And then, yeah, exactly. It may not have been down that right bad when I was in second grade, but I mean, it was... It, it it was working on getting there, but still, it, you only have to be. And I realize they don't teach critical thinking in school for a reason. It's because once a person becomes an adult, they'd be able to look around and go, "Wait a minute! All of these problems that we're talking about here, it, it, since I've been on Free Talk Live, the common denominator with all of them is government." According to RT.com, that's Russia Today, power prices across the EU have jumped to a fresh record high as of Tuesday as natural gas costs climbed further on falling supply from Russia, according to the European Energy Exchange. And in a benchmark day ahead, prices in Germany advanced $497 per megawatt hour 
from June's or 490 euros because they're pretty pretty much on parity now. Uh, advancing up from June's average of 218 euros, so that's more than wow. doubling since June. Remember, they cut the supply of the natural gas running in there to one fifth of what it was before. And Russia could cut it more extensively if they wanted to. Sure, they could they could t- cut it off entirely. But here's the thing that's interesting about this: uh, there was another story I was looking at saying that Russia has increased. It's, uh, yeah, here it is. According to another RT story, Gazprom, which is the Russian energy uh, supply company, which I think is state-owned, they have increased their supply to China. So they, they're they not selling less no, of natural not. gas. That would be suicidal for any business to be like, well, I mean, we saw American companies do exactly that, so never mind. But here's what they, but what's interesting is the Europeans are paying more now. For less gas, so basically they are they're they're pushing economics here, right? Like lower supply, the demand is still the same. People still want to air condition their homes, and this winter they're going to want to heat them, and so on and so forth. So people, the demand is still there. I want to address it because last segment uh, last night you brought up um, you were talking about homeless people and everything. You're talking about the situation and different causes of the problem and mm-hmm. solutions or whatever. And I like to look at. I'm not going to look at the most like left wing solution, but just the most humane, but also the most market-oriented solution. And I think the obvious solution to all housing problems, regardless of the fact that a lot of homeless people are obviously mentally ill and have a bunch of other problems, is um, just build more damn housing. And it's really that simple. No, it's, it's no, every- it's not the problem. They wouldn't live in your houses. How are you going to, how are you going to, some of these people don't even want to live in your houses. Not if you have to, not if they have to register. They don't want their names out there. I don't think that's why most people are homeless. Go ahead, Penguin. I don't think give it directly to the homeless, though. Well, actually, that's the thing. You don't have to build super low um, quality housing or low income housing. You don't have to build. You don't have to ban the building of luxury housing. You don't have to intervene in the market at all. You build more housing, even if it's luxury and mid and, and section eight, whatever you build, just by incre- increasing uh, market supply, you will you will lower rent. You lower rent. Yeah, I, I covered people, that uh, last night. I mean, help. the fact is these cities that have the worst problems with the homeless are also cities that have incredible restrictions on building. I'm a libertarian. I don't I can't promise any actual solutions that will you know, 100% solve the problem. And neither can anyone else. Right. But I do know that that if you if you just remove the restrictions and allow the housing to supply to meet demand, however it does, through the, through the magic of the market and people just doing doing their thing um, with minimal restrictions, minimal requirements, and oversight, um, whatever you have to do to ensure it's not total chaos, I guess, okay, because you're running whatever. But if you make it as market-oriented as possible, then the prices will go down, and they, you'll remove these stupid restrictions on only allowing, if anything at all, only allowing single housing, single-family housing to be built. So we can start building apartments again. I mean, it, I'm not saying build huge comic blocks everywhere because you're not intervening in the market to enforce that. Yeah, one example of what happened here in Keene, there's a, a privately run homeless shelter here. And there's the government has, a, Nights, has one right? as well. Yeah, It's called 100 Nights. We've talked about it on the air before, and, and it's got an interesting history. They When they first opened, the government told them, well, you don't have the fire suppression system here. You can't open up. Yep. And they're like, well, it's getting cold. The whole point of this thing is to open during the 100 coldest nights of the year so homeless people can come in and have a, a warm place to you know, not freeze to death. And the the guy who was putting this thing together back then, he's no longer involved, uh, but the, the Don Primrose, I think was his name, he was like, we're just going to open anyway. 
Nice. And so they just went ahead and they opened up anyway, and you know what? The city didn't do anything about it. Something else that's been coming that they've been telegraphing uh, to some extent is that bugs are going to be the new thing. The World Economic Forum. Yeah, it's cheaper, more sustainable. You that's know, what they say. It's better for the world, for the planet. They, that's what they say. Well, and people behave differently based on incentives, right? So if they are planning on pushing bugs, then they definitely want to run the price up of other things. And if they can bring the bug food in cheaper than say you know me- actual meat or whatever right right then people that are feeling the pinch from the higher electricity prices and the higher prices of everything are going to look at that and they're going to say well normally i wouldn't but i'm hungry there's a reason why be honest there's there. a reason why third world countries eat a lot of bugs because that's mm-hmm. all they have Ford, yeah but i've got to be honest i've been doing the vegetarian thing for like three weeks now something yeah. along those lines i'm not exactly sure how long and i don't i don't even miss meat anymore and mm. there's there, there so many good substitutes that like um beans right yeah i thought the same thing that a lot of people out there i could never give up my steaks or my burgers or whatever but really after like a few days you really don't even notice it. give it a year give it a year <laughs> or two that's when that's when vegetarians start start to fall apart the teeth mm. start falling out the if hair starts falling they start, they start getting rashes then I'm going to Carbs and sugar to cut that carbs out and you will do yourselves wonders. If someone put a steak in front of you, could you eat it? Yeah. But it's the same thing. No, it was an animal. It's not a bug. Yeah, but it's an animal. It's a re- I, I it died. Ob- I don't, it died yes. for you. I don't object to eating animals. That's not why I'm a vegetarian. But a, but a bug is an animal. A bug is a gross animal that I don't want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, that's like saying, why don't you just you you ate a steak? Why don't you go ahead and just eat a cricket? The powers that be are trying to alleviate that problem from from the minds, and they're starting with the young. And they're starting with the the docile, the people who are all on board of this saving the planet nonsense, uh, and uh, they're they're trying to push this 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 new bug eating regiment. All right. So what's uh, the this latest? is this is actually an older article, but I've seen it. It just popped up uh, in the in the face space, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that we would go back and see why scientists at Ghent University in Belgium are experimenting with larva fat to replace butter in waffles, cakes, and cookies. Ugh saying using grease from insects is more sustainable than dairy produce. Oh, Dude, I hate everything about what you just said. <laughs> the researchers, yeah, 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 all right, everyone put their food so down. So they're going to make me have to be a vegan if I don't want to eat this nonsense, aren't they? Because vegetarians eat, That might be part of the trick. A vegetarian would eat, you know, bug butter or whatever it is that you just said. Everyone, everyone put their nachos down. Eating bugs, it sounds gross. But that's not enough to make me vomit. However, you start talking about bug butter, then we're talking about Which a different level of gross. Grinding up larvae of what was it? The soldier black, flies? black soldier fly. Which is, by the way, what I feed my chickens. See, there's they, a reason they love it. Mm-hmm. There's some words in the English language that just don't sound appetizing, right? Like the word "ooze," for example. Yeah, that's gross. That, that's yeah. not a good word. Gross you word. don't. You never heard of anyone oozing beauty, right? No, they radiate sure. beauty. And you, right. Like the word "maggot." That's not, not an word. appetizing no. word. That's what this is. And, and like larvae, it's not an appetizing <laughs> word. Right. Well, uh, according to the results, they're not going to be able to feed you straight up bug butter. They're going to mix it in. They're going to sneak is that what it they're in. Calling it bug butter. It. 
I like bug paste. What are they I mean, sneak- if we're going to make it gross, let's make it as gross as possible. What, whatever what company uh, uh, takes this on, I'm sure, is going to give it a nicer name. It's not going to be larva butter. It's not going to be bug butter. It's going to be... Larva paste. I like that one. Larva paste. That's, that's not going to work. That's not going to be... When you're reading the, the back of the ingredients, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna hide it in there somewhere where the regular consumer, the, you know, the, the regular soccer mom is not going to be able to mm. decipher what is actually in their mac and cheese. Why? Because according to the researchers, consumers notice no difference when a quarter of the milk butter and cake is replaced with larva fat. Researchers at Ghent University in Belgium studied whether or not taste testers could tell the difference between food items made with traditional butter and ones that used insect fat. See, it's disturbing that they're even testing for this because this suggests that they want to they find have out to. whether or not they can slip it to you without That's you That's exactly knowing. what they're this doing. Is, but everything gets tested in, in the early stages. But they don't test to see whether or not people can tell the difference between you know Coca-Cola and water. They, they told you up front, hey, this is sugar water. Have some. Yeah, but if, they, if, they, if Coke unrolls a new Coca-Cola product, of course they're going to put it out in the market and see how it does. And there's been lots of Coke products that have been discontinued because no one wanted it. But they're not going to be like, can you tell the difference between new Coke and old Coke? They're not going to do something like that. Sometimes they they do. They might. But you're absolutely right, though, in this case, Arya, that they are trying to find out what levels people can tolerate before they can tell that this stuff is in something. Yeah. And actually, uh, I think I might have brought this up to you before on another episode, Conan, but have you seen the images rolling around social media of this brand of snacks uh, that is already using cricket crickets cricket flour You've yeah seen this? this is this is also going around the webs today yes, and it, yesterday it's a company called actually foods i've seen it now for looks some, like it looks like some, some Aldi, it looks like some aldi would sell it does. It does. Uh, the the company's called Actually Foods, which is an you know ironic name. You shouldn't have to call your company that. The 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 number one ingredient on the list, by the way, is crickets. It's not number one, but at it least is, it's organic. On the front of the package, it does say sustainable, however. So that's like oh the key. God. That's one of the that's, key words. That's the argument that they're getting all these people to, to go yeah. this route. There's, an, there's another A outlet. A backyard garden is sustainable. Yeah. There's another outlet that's called Chirps. What's that? They're cricket chips. Oh, and okay. uh, I guess they oh, were okay. I guess so, they were okay. on Shark Tank or something, the show, mm-hmm. and they're eating these, these chips. And uh, so they've got their own website up there. And uh, go check them out, people. If you're into wanting to save the planet, this is how you do it, I guess. Well, in this just case, kill yourself. <laughs> in this case, I just got us banned from YouTube and Twitch and all that. And I'm sorry. But like, look, if you want to save the planet so much, you're like, I need to spend the rest of my life eating crickets. Just stop eating entirely and let yourself die, yeah. and that will do more to help the environment than any amount of eating crickets. Because you're just space dust, right? Yeah. Just go back to being space dust and get, let us all live in peace. To the credit of this Chirps company, they do put it right on the front of their package. Oh, yeah. their, their bag literally says, eat bugs in gigantic text on the front of the bag. So the there's more, no doubt about that. Here's the problem. The more governments that start to subsidize, because this is coming, mm-hmm. just like they subsidize corn and soy right. in, this, in this country and other countries, they're going to start to subsidize bug farms. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, so you're going to have cheaper product. Dude, I wish I believed that these companies were actually feeding, you know, mealworms and stuff like that to their chickens, but they're not. In some cases, uh, it, most places, maybe in China, for example, the, the not the swai, but the tilapia, a lot of times they'll set up the chickens right over top of their tilapia tanks and just let the fish take care of uh, cleaning up after the, the chickens. Mm-hmm. There have been instances where, in by which should be illegal, by the way, but uh, you know, 
It's China. I've heard, I've heard bad things about tilapia, which is unfortunate because I really like it as a fish. It's, it's got an it's excellent texture and flavor. It's like a swamp fish. It can you can you can live in really nasty, murky water, which is why a lot of aquaponics new new to the game aquaponics farmers will start with tilapia because it's a very forgiving fish. It's hard to kill them. If you want the chickens that are eating the bugs, you got to go with the pasture-raised brands, which are the right. best way. All you got to do is look oh, at the absolutely. yolk. If you, what, if you break up that open that egg yolk and it's, it's orange, it's orange you know, or good. even almost red, mm-hmm. oh, you got the good stuff. Right stuff. Yeah, that's but, one of the things I love about New Hampshire is that you know chances are I I could find out who grew the chickens I'm eating if I mm-hmm. really wanted to. Yeah, well, the FDA doesn't want you doing that, are you? Because you could get salmonella and die. I've got to tell you, I'm in the, the most regulated state that there is. Um, there's thousands of acres of national forest here. You can only camp in uh, their designated areas. I don't think you're going to be sleeping in Walmart car parking lot. But uh, You said here, North Carolina. Okay. Sorry, I've been trying to pro- process this the entire time. You said North California. Sorry, not North Carolina. My- no, he is North I thought you were North Carolina. I am in North Carolina, but I'm listening to a radio show out of K-Talks in Needles, California. So where is the most regulated, North Carolina or North California? Um, I am in uh, North Carolina, and it is super regulated here. Yeah, I think a lot of people believe their area is the most regulated area because that's the one you're living in. But, I mean, I got to say, North or uh, California and New York are the least free places in the United States. So I I doubt that North Carolina is as bad. But, but, I mean, even we have a lot of uh, regulated uh, land that you can't do anything on except walk through sure. you can't camp you can't have a fire you can't hunt you can't get caught that's, doing those things that's the way it is here but i am i'm originally from arizona which is it's really close to the border of the station that i'm listening to mm-hmm. but my reason for calling tonight is there's a flea market here in north carolina and the latinos uh, have a lot of it going on um there is a uh, fried pork skins uh fried cricket Everything. Um, they sell it out of tubs. So you guys are talking about the crickets and uh, consumption of crickets and eating crickets. Yeah. And uh, there are parts of the world, right? There are the parts of the world that eat crickets. And uh, you would think perhaps that the uh, cr- there'd be large cricket processing plants there. Well, in fact, the largest that is going to be in the world, the largest in the world, is in London, Ontario, Canada. Yep. They just opened up. They just opened up, like you guys were saying, that, um, uh, this processing plant. It just opened up uh, July, I believe. So just really recently, uh, the CBC did an article. CBC is like a uh, it's a government uh, press. media channel. Yeah, yeah, like press exactly. But it, but they are provide. The state does give some money. Oh yeah, eight eight like, eight point five million dollars to the yeah, cricket facility like to the cricket facility. Is oh, yeah, it? this huge facility, exactly. This huge facility, 18, they, they, they want to produce 13 million kilograms of cricket protein annually. Uh, they say in this article, at least, the, in, the fir- in the next few days, the first farmed insects will arrive to this massive cricket processing facility in London, Ontario. At full capacity, Aspire, which is the Aspire, group, uh, Aspire Food Group's facility, is expected to house 14 billion crickets, four, sorry, four. four billion crickets, and produce 13 million kilograms of the insect each year. Sarah, um, have you tried the crickets yet? Uh, I'll pass. Uh, no, thank you. That doesn't 
sounds too appetizing. What do you usually buy with your welfare check? Do you usually get like steaks or what's your thing? I just, I just like sushi. Sushi. Wow. Hold on, sushi. Dollars for a big thing. Sushi from where? How, how, how much for a whole whole roll, a whole log? Well, there's a big uh, plate only for like $13 here. You can use your but welfare check to pay for sushi at a restaurant? No, I think it's a grocery no, store, right? No, so at the Lowe's market. Lowe's. I thought you market. said Lowe's. Lowe's doesn't sell food where I'm from. Yeah, it's a hardware store. Can, right I, just, can I just tell you, when I, I, I could never, I've, I've worked retail, but I could Me never too. run the <laughs> registries, even though I was really good at it. Really? Because I would have these crews come through my checkout, and they would be eat, they would have steaks, and they would have mm. you know of course they would get alcohol and cigarettes too, but they, oh, you, yeah. they couldn't use their they would have to slide you would have to pay cash for that, mm-hmm. but they'd be eating oh, really yeah. really good and a whole hell of a lot better than I did, and they would pull that EBT card out, and I would see that, and I would just grit my teeth, and I'd be like these mother- I mm. do, oh <laughs> this is I mean they would eat good food yeah, and so I just couldn't work the register because of just that reason. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.